Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. John chapter 2, verse 11, one verse. If you think I'm going to stick there, you're wrong. But anyway, John 2, verse 11, one verse. This, the first of his miraculous signs, say the first. Numero uno, the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed in Cana and Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. They didn't even wait for the second sign, Tana. They he did one, and they were in. Did you know one sign from God can change your life? Just one sign, just a sign. A sign really isn't the, the exit. That's not the thing. It's what the exit points to, right? The exit points to something out there beyond other than. A sign points to something beyond itself. Jesus does signs, and you don't worship the sign. You, 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 you move beyond the sign. The sign points to, he did signs. It's interesting because there are 27 recorded miracles in the Gospels. John only uses seven of them. John says, if I were to write down everything Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books to contain them. And he uses seven things to try to point to us what God is trying to reveal. Seven. Have you ever run out of gas? I hate running out of gas. I got this new vehicle a few years ago, and I, uh, anyway, I get to 43rd in Lorraine, and I run out of gas. And I call somebody, bring me gas, and I open up. It doesn't have a gas cap on it now. It's got that thing, you know, and, you, and, and I was trying to pour gas in that thing, and it was running back out at me. So I called Amuels, Adam Samuels. They run out, and they had this tool. And they said, well, you got one of these. I said, I got one of those. I didn't know I had one of those. They go, yeah, it's in the back end. And sure enough, they opened up. You ever have something you didn't know you had? I didn't know I had one of the things. And you have to take that thing, stick it in that thing, and then you can pour gas in the thing. Right? I had pushed the Jeep into the ditch. I'm in the ditch. People going by honking, Pastor, you okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm just out of gas. I hate running out of gas. You ever run out of gas? I hate running out of food. You ever, you ever invited somebody over and they, they were pigs? <laughs> they ate more. I'm, I'm all the time telling Annie, make more. I don't want to run out. I don't want to run out of anything. You ever? I hate running out of stuff. Because when you run out, you feel, I, yeah, listen, I got, I got 12 grandkids. I, you know what I'm afraid of running out of? Patience. You ever run out of patience with people? I mean, you know you're supposed to be nice, but you're out. You're, you're just out. You're just out. Say, just out. I, 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 I'm, afraid of, I'm afraid of running out of creativity. I'm afraid of coming in here and not having enough energy for you. I'm telling you, you did great this morning, but there's sometimes you come in here and you have no energy. Ask Shelby. You come in, you're like singing to a wall. You're like, I'm afraid of not having the creativity, energy. You know, I got one book. I've been preaching love for 40 years. I mean, come, give me something. I'm afraid. I'm, I, I get afraid of running out, not having enough. I get nervous about it. I mean, I, I, I'm always afraid of running out of time. I talk this fast because I'm afraid I'm not going to get it all said in the time that you're going to give me. I'm afraid to run out of time, time, time. I study all week. No, I got this much. Afraid to run out of time. Afraid, afraid I was going to run out of time with my children. I look back now and hope I didn't run out of time to influence them with the things that I want to influence them. I, I look at my grandkids and they're already 10, 11 years old and I'm, I'm going, oh, I don't want to run out of an opportunity to help give them a little bit of wisdom. So that I'm afraid of not having enough time to you know, it's interesting. I, I'm, I've been afraid to run out of money my whole life. I know some of you are, what? 
I thought you'd get enough, you wouldn't be afraid. I thought there'd be a time you'd get enough money, you wouldn't be afraid. But you know, the more money you get, the more you're afraid of losing it. Because you're used to it, right? You're used to having some stuff, and then you get afraid of losing the stuff. I'm just getting afraid. Oh, don't look at me like that. Afraid of running out of health care insurance. Afraid of running out of toilet paper. My God. This is the year of I'm afraid to run out of chicken. Right? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. We go to the store, we buy all this. There's really not a shortage, but we're afraid of running out. So we go buy. You know, your fear can cause there to be a shortage. Afraid of running out. See, John chapter 2, I'm going to preach on the first miracle. Some of you already know what it is, right? That water to wine. They, they ran out of wine. See, I'm afraid I'm running out of chances. The older I get, the more I think I'm... Have you heard Carly and Oscar expecting? Woo-hoo! Have you heard that? They got that look in their eyes. They had it this morning. I looked at them. They're afraid of, oh my God, have I got what it takes to be a parent? I mean, you can see it in Carly's eyes. And I just looked at her and said, no, you ain't. You ain't got what it takes to be a parent. None of you. None of you. You ain't got what it takes to be a spouse. You, you ain't got what it takes. You will run out of your ideas about the second day you're married. <laughs> it, it, that thing, you know, that thing that you're afraid of, that, that thing. That, this story is a story about how they ran out. It's, it's, it's all about these signs that point to something. You know, Jesus said to them, you can read the sky, but you don't know the signs of the time. There are a lot of signs going on in 2020. There are a lot of signs, and it points to something beyond itself. Most people get stuck at the sign, the wine. No, no, this, this sign, this miracle points to something other than, more than. But people all, many times, people miss the meaning of the sign. What meaneth this? Listen, speaking in tongues is a sign. May not be the initial, may not be the only. I wouldn't argue that with anybody. There's probably other signs, but it is a sign. When they spoke in other tongues, Peter went, shazam, somebody baptized him. <laughs> signs are, songs are a sign. There are many signs. Most people miss the point. They, they get stuck. And then if they see the sign, they get stuck in the sign. And they worship the sign. See, the sign is to point out something beyond itself. Many people get stuck with, listen, looking for resources. Because after all, we're afraid of running out, so we want the resource. But see, signs point to a relationship. It points beyond the resource. Many people settle for the resource and never catch the revelation of the relationship that he desires to have with you. Every sign, miracle that Jesus does is to reveal the kind of person that he is and the relationship that he desires to have with you. Forget the resource, get the relationship, because if you get the relationship with Jesus, you can never run out. This is, this is a story, a sign that points to the reality of who Jesus wants to be. John only tells seven of these. The second one is about how he healed that royal official, you remember? John chapter 4, he heals the royal official. The royal official has a child at home, and he runs to Jesus, and Jesus just says, just go home. He's already healed. I mean, it reveals something. Jesus doesn't have to go. He doesn't have to be, he says, just go home. It's already, look at your neighbor, just go home. It's already taken care of. It's a sign that God already is moving. And same chapter, he heals the man at the pool of Bethsaida. The guy's saying, I got anybody put me in the water. 
And she said, it ain't about having somebody put you in the water. I am the living water. Here, I'll just bring the water to you. I mean, it reveals that God is what it is that you think you need. You don't, you don't need anybody to put you in a water stirred by an angel. I'm the living water. You need living water, not angel stirred. People sat it, never mind. The, the fourth story, how that little boy had a lunch, had 5,000 people to feed, and the little boy had a lunch. It's not enough in your hands. If you put it in my hands, I, I, I'll take it. If you put what you got in my hands, I'll bless it and break it. And I, It's not enough in your hands, but if you put it in my hands, and my blessing with what little bit, little bit you got in my hands, all God's got to do is bless the little bit and say, I got it. I mean, that, that reveals something, right? He took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. In my hands, with my blessing, it's more than enough. Or how about that one where he walked out into the storm? The storm was a sign. The storms that you're going through reveal that the God with you is bigger than the storm. Amen. The storms that you're going through right now will reveal that God wants to show you that even if it's a storm, he can calm the right? It's a sign. The storm is a sign. If you see a storm, it's probably pointing to something beyond itself. Or how about the man that was born blind? Did he sin? Did his mama sin? Whose fault is this? He says, this has nothing to do with whose fault. Most people miss the point. I'm telling you, Christians miss the point. They get stuck on who screwed up. Whose fault is it? Who made the COVID thing happen? China? Huh, who did it? Did you do it? I didn't do it. Somebody do it. Somebody's got to be to blame. We got we to pit people against people somehow because some, you missed the point. Why is this boy blind? So that I can reveal my glory? Why is 2020 happen? Why does anything happen? So God can reveal who he is. That's why. You mean it's not God's judgment? No, it's an opportunity. You, you miss the point. You get stuck in things that aren't even the point. Right? Look at your neighbor. Don't miss the point. That's what the whole issue is about this boy that was born blind. Or, or, or finally, the last one, the seventh one. If you had been here. This is the ultimate of the signs of John. If you had been here, my brother's dead. He stinks now. If you had just been here, if you had just been here, if you had done it on my time and not your time, you're late. You're late. This is the ultimate of the seven signs that John shares in his gospel. And it's, a, it, it's this one. Well, you've known me as healer, but there's something beyond healing. Some of you just want healing. You just want God to take away your pain. You just want God to heal your marriage. You just want God to heal your soul. You just want, he, and Jesus said, listen, there's something above healing. Something beyond healing. Healing points to something else. I am the resurrection and the life. Even if you die, you will live. That's, in other words, healing points to eternal life. Charismatics all get caught on healing. Healing ain't even the ultimate. Healing is a sign pointing to something else, and that is, this ain't it. When we're done with this body, guess what we get? A new one. When we're done with 80, 90 years here, can I tell you something? We get to live forever. Uh oh, you didn't. You didn't. Some of you are still trying to figure out how to get healed. How about get life? How about get born again? I have a real simple message this morning. Be born again. Give up your life, take his life, and you'll live. If you're without being born again, you must be born again. John chapter 3, I ain't got time to preach it, but it's just real simple. If you believe in Jesus, you're born again. Even if you die, you'll live forever. Right? That's, so this whole gospel, this guy named John who laid his head on the bosom of Jesus and he's called the beloved, he's telling you about these seven signs. Uh, there's more to Jesus than you think. There's more to God than you think. And you can never really run out if you know Jesus. 
You really can run to the end of yourself, but you still can't run out. I mean, all these things are pointing to something under, above, beyond, over, more than enough. And I'm going to preach on one of them this morning. I'm going to preach on the first one. Say the first one. And you know the story, everyone. You know the story. You're saying, oh, well, I know the story. He turns water into wine. I know what he does. He turns water into wine. Yeah, but why did he do it? Why did he do it in Cana? Why did he do it at this wedding? I mean, it says he shows up on the third day. This boy has been late from the beginning. I mean, everybody's upset because he showed up late to Lazarus. He showed up late to the wedding. He'll show up late to everything. Abraham was 99. You're late. You're late. I mean, he'll, he'll wait until you're in the den of, with the lion. You're late. He showed up on the third. Weddings were different in Cana and Galilee in those days. They weren't 40 minutes and have a piece of cake. <coughs> 40 minutes, here's the cake. I love how people try to make big deals out of weddings. If you want to go to a Broadway show, it's called New York City. Weddings are not Broadway shows. I've done this long enough. Now I hate weddings. Just hate them. Because people want them to be a Broadway show. Listen, it's not about the Broadway show. It's not about cameras, lights, movies. That's a production. No, a wedding is about relationship. A wedding is about this family and this family becoming one family. A wedding is a covenant. A wedding is not about these two people going to go make whoopee tonight. No, no, it's not about that. No, it's about this group and this group. See, some of you got married, you thought it was just about you two. No, it ain't about you two, it's about all of us. That's why a wedding takes place, all of us. And they didn't have 40-minute afternoon weddings, they had weeks. Their weddings went on for days. Jesus doesn't show up till the third day. He didn't just miss the ceremony, he missed the first three days. Third day. I could talk about how he was resurrected on the I could go into all of this, but in this little bitty town called Gaina, three days late, he shows up, and the news he gets, his mother meets him at the door and says, the wine's gone. The wine's gone. They're staying. They have no more wine. You do know that if you ran out of wine at your wedding, your mother-in-law could sue the groom. That's right. They could sue. If you run out of wine at my daughter's wedding, I can take my daughter back. Yeah, it's different. You thought you had problems, right? Your mother-in-law going to sue you because you ran out of wine. You didn't have enough resources for us to have a party. You ain't getting hurt. If you can't show us a party for seven days, how are you going to show her a party for 50 years? If you don't have the ability to bring joy into her life during her wedding, why would I trust you for the rest of her life to put joy into her life? You, see, it symbolizes something. It's a sign. If you run out of wine, you run out of strength. Take a little wine. So, see, you evangelicals don't get this. You take a little wine for medicinal purposes so that your stomach, you take a little wine because it's going to make you intoxicated. I realize some of you are addicted to it. It's not about being addicted to it. It's about knowing what to do with it and when to do it. Oh, yeah. It's not about it's a sin to drink wine. No, it's a sin to be stupid. <laughs> and we all stupid. Right? So, so we're all stupid. We all fall short. Would they, they're out of wine. Met at the door. Can you, listen, I take grandkids places all the time, and I pull up in front of Sonic, and we order them slushies. You know what them slushies, you know, you know, the big slushies, happy hour, right? Slushies. And the lady in there said, we ain't got raspberry this afternoon. I mean, I got four little boys in the car going, oh! can you imagine having 12 fishermen, and you've been walking 
from Nazareth to Canaan, and they get to the gate of the courtyard, and Mother Mary, did you know? You know, <laughs> Mother Mary meets them at the gate and says, they're out of wine. You can just hear Peter go, oh my God. <laughs> well, but you can hear Thomas going, of course they are. It figures. We walked all this way. Who wants to go to a wedding that has no wine? You can just hear the sigh. They're out of wine. What are you out of? What have you run out of? What is it you're constantly running out of? What is it are you afraid of running out of? See, everybody's running out of something. America has run out of wisdom. She's out. She has depleted everything she has. Nobody knows anything. She's out. Can I just tell you? She's out of common sense. Man, society at large doesn't have any answers. We might as well say, we're depleted. We're out of one. We might as well just meet them at the door and say, we nothing here. How about hope? You know how many people are out of hope? When Kent started talking, I knew where I, you know how many people are out of hope? They've run out of hope. About to run out of CARES Act money. About to run out. Come on, be honest. You want me just to patty cake with you or you want me to be honest with you? We're out of some stuff. We're out of some stuff. We're out of wisdom. We're out of patience with each other. We're out of hope. We're out of confidence. We're just kind of, we're out. Where's the dream? Some of us are out of sleep. We've just run out. We've run out of ideas to fix our relationships. We've run out of ideas about how to educate our children. We're, 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 it's worse than run out of gas. It's worse than run out of toilet paper. It's, it's worse. And if you're somebody like me who's supposed to have answers, and you know you don't have answers, and people come to you to get answers, and you go, I, I, I don't know. I mean, right? Or, or, or maybe you're the life of the party, but you have no more life in you. How many of you, I mean Shelby, I talked about Shelby. Shelby is the life of the party. Until she has no more. And if you're the life of a party, but you have no, come on, how many of you, people come to you to help them, and you know deep down on the inside, you ain't got no more. I can't tell you the number of times I've stepped up here, and I'm supposed to have something, and I'm thinking, I am out. I've told you before, driving up the driveway one night about 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and I got about halfway up the driveway, and I realized I had nothing left to give to my children. I was out. And, and I, 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 oh, see, it gets real quiet in here in this charismatic church when I start asking you to be honest. What are you out of? Out of joy, just not happy. Just don't feel. Steps in in the middle of that. Jesus waits till you're out. He'll wait till you're out. He knew you were out. He made the grapes. Listen, he made the grapes. If he made the grapes, he knows you don't got them. He, he knew it was not a shock to him that they were out of wine. He waits until you're out of wine. He waits until you're at the end of yourself. He waits until you have no more answers, because that's when you might listen. You ain't listening until you're out, until you've come to the end of yourself. You, you, he, he, he is so, listen, he is so excited about 2020. 
Listen, he is standing on the edge of our world going, maybe now. Oh, you don't get it. I am just so excited about what's going to happen in America. I'm so excited because we're all going, huh? <laughs> Isn't it interesting? He doesn't show up and say, where's your wedding planner? <laughs> where's the dummy that didn't order enough wine? <laughs> I mean, seven days, you know they had a wedding planner. What? You dummy, what do you mean you ran out? He, he doesn't show up and say, huh? He doesn't show up and ask you what, he doesn't show up and point out the fact that you ran out of wine. Because Jesus shows up to remove the shame. You didn't get it. Jesus isn't like American Christians. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Shondai. Because American Christians show up and go, it's your fault. It's your fault. Well, if you'd prayed more, well, if you hadn't done that, well, it's your fault. God, see, American Christians got to find somebody to go. Yeah. Jesus shows up and just, he shows up to remove shame. He shows up, right? I mean, I, I feel ashamed standing on the corner of 43rd and Lorraine with my car in the ditch. <laughs> Dummy, why did you put gas in it? I don't know. I was saving the world. <laughs> I was saving the world. I didn't have time to be messing with this stuff. I'm too important to mess with gas. Hey, you're giggling at me, uh-huh. What's for supper? I didn't have time to think about that. Hmm. Run out. See, Jesus doesn't show up to point out fingers. He shows up to provide. He doesn't show up to expose you. He doesn't show up to point out your shortcomings. He comes to take away the sin of the world, contrary to popular, fundamental Christianity. He doesn't come to expose it. He comes to take it away. Somebody in here ought to be going, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God. See, some people are afraid they're going to run out of grace. His mother brings it up. Have you ever had your mother bring it up? Mothers can point out the obvious. You know, it's been a long time since my mother told me something I didn't know. By the time you look at a five-year-old and say, they already know. Jesus already knew, right? But mothers are those people that point out the obvious. Thank you very much. I mean, Mary, did you know? She probably wasn't the first one to know. And it's always interesting to me. Uh, Mary didn't know what he was going to do. She, she looks at people and go, well, I don't know what to do any more than you know what to do. I can't fix the lack of resources any more than you can fix the lack of resources. But let me tell you something. In the middle of the deficit, in the middle of the lack of resource, I know who to go to to fix this problem. Church, hear me. We've been going to the wrong thing to solve the problem. Instead of going to the stuff that you're going to, just go to Jesus because he knows what to do in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an election, in the middle of that. He knows what to do. Go to Jesus. I don't know what to do, but I know him. I know him. 
And whatever he says, do that. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know, but he does. I mean, I love what he says back to her. Woman. Woman. What does that have to do with me? I love it. One translation says, why are you involving me? We had kids in our house for 30 years, and I would come home, and Annie would go, can I tell you what the kids did? And I'm thinking, what are you involving me with? Come on, how many men have gone home and went, oh, wait, 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 I wasn't here. What does it have to do with me? I'm the breadwinner. My time has not yet come. Where's my newspaper? Woman! See, we don't want them to preach, but we don't want them to bother us either. Because women always show up and tell us the obvious. I'll get notes. He already knew. I mean, if you go to John chapter 6, verse 6, and they were talking to him about how many people needed to be fed, in John 6 he says, for he already knew. He already knew what he was going to do, but it, you know... See, every need in your life is pointing to a deeper source. Every need in your life. Mary, did you know? I know that he knows. I haven't got a clue what to do, but I know. Uh, how shall that happen, sings how I have not known a man? Don't you worry about that, Mary. I'll take care of that. Don't you worry about that. Don't you worry about how God's going to do it. Don't you worry about when God's going to do it. All you got to do is whatever he says, just do it. Say, look at your neighbor, just do it. Nike, I'm coming. Nike, Nike. Just do it. Whatever, whatever he says, just, just do it. Whatever he. She doesn't even talk back. Woman, why are you bothering me? She turns her back. You ever had your mother turn your back? I have watched the, my daughters and daughter-in-law. They will walk away from that kid. That kid would be going, blah, 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 and they just turn and walk off. Learned it from their mother. She stuck with you, whatever he says, do it. She stops talking to him, starts talking to the servants, Anita. She never speaks to Jesus again. She talks to the servants. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Whatever he says, do it. Well, I would if I knew what to do. God's not talking to me. He hasn't said anything to me. I can't tell you how for 40 years I've heard people go, he isn't telling me to do nothing. He ain't telling me to do nothing. He ain't telling me to do nothing. If he told me to serve in the nursery, I'd serve in the nursery. He told you your life didn't belong to you. He told you whatever you find to do, do it. Listen, if you'll do what you know to do, he'll tell you what else to do. But if you don't do what you already know to do, then he can't tell you what else to do. Most of you already know what it is you're supposed to be doing right now, but you ain't doing it. Listen, I was complaining the other day about not having enough joy. I was complaining to God. And he said, I told you that gratitude was the way to joy. Nine months ago, nine months ago, he told me to get a gratitude journal. I did. I have it. I've prayed about it to you, haven't I? I got a gratitude journal. I looked at it two days ago. It had dust on it. (laughs) 
I'm asking him to get, I'm just being me. I don't care anymore. I'm asking, oh God, please give me joy. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing, not not a word, nothing. Well, whatever he says, do it. I'd do it if you'd tell me I need joy. I lay down, there's that gratitude journal. Hmm. It might be that Bible study that's on your phone that you haven't done. I want to grow in Jesus. I just get nothing out of church. You don't put anything in either. Listen, if he's going to correct me about my gratitude journal, I'm going to step on your toe too. You already know what it is that you're supposed to be doing that you hadn't been doing, and now you end up and you're empty, and just do whatever he says. Just do whatever he says. If you just do something, anything, I love it, and people go, well, if God would tell me whether to move. Listen, you get there, and you're going to be there. <laughs> I, got to, I got to move on. I know this. Gratitude is the way to joy. It's the way to joy. But if I don't learn how to be... Did you know you already know enough to be physically fit? You already know enough. You don't even have to go to Genesis and hire a trainer. You already know that a push-up would help you. You don't even have to subscribe to physically fit men or listen to Rogan's podcast. See, you're just addicted to information, and more information is not going to help you to obey. You already know that a sit-up would help. You already know you can take a walk. You already know less elbow, less, never mind. You already have enough information to get out of debt. Spend less. Oh well. You already know. You already know what do you just we're just addicted to more information. If I could just get more information, no more information won't help you if you don't obey that which you already know. I gotta finish. Verse six. Nearby stood six stone water pots, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty to thirty gallons. That's a thousand bottles of wine. Hmm. That's a doubt. He just points to the water pots. See, you're pointing to what you're missing. He's pointing to what you got. You're too busy looking at what you don't have to miss what you already have. It's in your hand. It's in your wallet. It's in, it's in your house. There's enough oil in your house. There's enough. It's, it's right there. Fill those jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. And he told them, now draw some of it out and take it to the master. See, most people question that. They question, what, huh, where? You want me to dip in what? I have watched God free drunks because they dug a hole in the front yard. Old Brother Crane sent me to this couple. They were drunker and drunk. I didn't know what to do. I walked in. He had one of them big beer belly. <laughs> she was in one of them slips that didn't hide nothing. <laughs> and there beer cans all over this little shotgun house. And they drunk as drunk. 
And I'm sitting there listening to them thinking, what? And the Lord said, tell them to get a shovel and go dig a hole in the front yard, dig a hole in the backyard, take the dirt from the backyard, put it in the front yard, and dirt from the front yard, put it in the backyard. And I left thinking, Brother Crane is going to kill me. I mean, that's stupid. I'm not suggesting this. And about three hours later, the phone rang. And the gentleman over there in the line, I'm sober, Quentin. He was sober the rest of his life. The rest of his life. Go dip seven times, Naaman. Take water and put them in that pot. And go pour it out. See, some of you are waiting for some huge political solution or scientific resolve to the pandemic. It's going to be some simple little thing that people begin to do when they recognize that they cannot supply their own resources. But if they obey the master, he can turn water into wine. Notice how quiet it gets. We either believe in Christianity or we don't. We either believe this is a supernatural relationship or we think it's some sort of head thing. Now, either God is God and this is his first sign. He said, you see those pots? You put water in them and you go pour it out to them. And they did. Man, this, this is nuts, right? And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine and he did not realize it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Say with me, the servants knew. Listen, the people that sip will never get it. Sippers never get it. Servers always get it. Let me just tell you, I thank God for everyone in this room that serves. People that take care of those children. People that open the doors. People that turn on the lights. People that spray this thing down. Sippers will never get it. If all you do is try to receive, you'll never get this. You want to become a servant, you'll begin to understand. Servers always understand that it wasn't me that did it. Servers watch it go in there. I can't tell you the number of times I have walked up a hospital set of stairs and I had nothing left to give. And God did something miraculous. I'm the one walking down the stairs going, Shazam. That wasn't me. Servers knew. Sippers never do. He said, you, you, you saved the best for last. Everybody else brings out the best first, but you touch your neighbor and say, the best is yet ahead. Let me point out a couple things, and I'll get out of your way real quickly. Those pots nearby say, it's near me. You've been walking by it. You've been walking by it. It's in your house. It's in your hand. It's right there. It's nothing spectacular coming from anywhere. It's stuff you've been walking by, and you thought it was common. And God will take common things and do extraordinary feats. It's not a new wife. It's probably the one you've been married to for 20 years. It's not a new car. It's not another church. It's not another city. It's not another job. It's the one that's already there. It's closer than you think. It's right here. It's right, it's right there. It's near you. We just haven't appreciated it. It's right there. It's close to you. And it's normal. Some of us as charismatics are always looking for feathers floating out of the sky. Can I just tell you, it'll be something normal. It'll be a jar. It, 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 it won't be diamond covered. It'll be, it won't be gold plated. There'll be just stone pots, Rebecca. It, it, 
It won't be anything that caught your eye. It'll be that friend that you've got that you've overlooked. It'll be that, that book that... Listen, I have 17 unread books on my Kindle. I probably don't need a new one. Yep, you get that in a minute. It, it's nearby, and it's just normal. Those of us that believe in the supernatural, you really understand that God takes normal things and does supernatural things with them. I, I don't need a spook floating over the... It's, Sorry, I love you, but being spirit-filled doesn't mean I'm weird. That's what they think. I'm not weird, I'm wired. There is a difference. I see some spirit-filled people trying to be weird. No, no, it's not about how weird you can be. It's how you recognize that God's in the normal. I see God in the normal. I see God when the sun comes up. I see God in the natural things. He speaks to me just the sun rises, the trees turn red, and I'm struck by. It's nearby, it's normal, and it's now. You saved the best for now. Listen to me. Don't get caught in when this is over. Would you hear me? You're missing life when this is over. I'll be glad when things get back to normal. No, now. God healed Sadie now. God helped that woman now. We're in this room now. Faith is now. The substance hope for. It's nearby you. It's normal and it's now. Now. This isn't about if I had been here. It's now I am. Now. Right. Right now. Some of you are missing life because, well, we, we, we're, we're social distancing. Okay. Stay six feet away. Well, I haven't seen my... If I hear one more person, I haven't seen my grandkids. You're silly. It's beautiful outside. Amen. Take a chair. If they, can tw- if they can be 12 feet apart in the university, put a chair here. Put a chair over there. And talk to your grandkid. Amen. For God's sakes, you're letting social distancing separate you from living. You're silly, not them. Yeah. Now. Well, we haven't been around my friends. Whose fault is that? Amen. Well, we can't go to a restaurant. Can you cook? I tell you, it's crazy. They'll bring it to you. It's nuts. You can have. Well, they're just trying to keep us apart. We're here, aren't we? What are you whining about? Now. We sang this morning together. Now. We prayed for each other. Now. He's turning water into wine. Now. Say now. Say today. You can go home. You know what I'm going to do? I have taken my 30, 30, 65 inch TV. I'm putting it outside on the patio this afternoon. I'm going to turn it up. I got chairs outside. I've invited friends over. We're going to watch the Chiefs beat the Raiders. And we're going to. 
and I'm going to have fun doing it now. I'm going to lay hands on sick now. I'm going to enjoy it now. I'm not going to wait till it's over. I'm going to declare it's over now. It's right there. It's just normal. It's just football, but we're going to have fun. You're just looking at me like, we came to church. This is it. It's that simple. Don't be shy now. Now's not a time to be shy. Just, Well, Pastor, what what do you think is going to happen next? Well, you're not going to know until you live the now. The prophetic is only manifested in the people that recognize what's near them, normal, and now. And when you recognize what's near you, normal, and now, he might show you what's next. But you're never going to know what's next until you appreciate the near, the normal, and the... This is pretty good. This, this is just... There are signs. Signs, signs, everywhere a sign. Imagine that, me working for you. I tuck my hair up under my hat. I know I'm old came from a different time. I had hair. You guys can come and play anytime you want to. Thanks for letting me. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.